In chapter 14, Mark records for us some of Jesus' final moments with his closest followers and friends, the apostles, on the night he was betrayed, capturing for us just hours before Jesus would be arrested, tried, and ultimately crucified. And in those special moments, just after Jesus took bread and took cup and instructed his apostles to continue to partake of it, remembering the body and the blood he was about to shed, we see this scene play out in Mark chapter 14, beginning with verse 26. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, you will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same, and they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. In the midst of all these beautiful moments Jesus has been sharing with his apostles during this Passover observance, and as many times as he plainly told them, that when he went to Jerusalem, he would be betrayed and executed, but would on the third day rise, the disciples were still just too hard-hearted. Even among his closest followers, they didn't understand. They'd had so many instances that showed just how complete Jesus's knowledge was. Even just this past week, having seen how perfectly Jesus knew the minute details of that day with where there'd be a donkey that he could rise into the city, as well as hearing him lay out what the next several decades of history would be like when Jerusalem and its magnificent temple would be left so that not one stone was standing on another. Even the room that they had just been in was the result of Jesus being able to tell them exactly how things would be. He had unparalleled awareness of how God was working in the world. 
But now, as he interpreted for them centuries-old scriptures about how the shepherd would be struck and the sheep would be scattered, none of them could see what he was saying as possibly being true. None of them would abandon him. They wouldn't deny him, certainly not Peter, their informal leader, always so bold, so brash. Yet Jesus said, this night you're going to deny me, not once, but three different times. But none of them could believe that. Surely Jesus was wrong. But when you've come to truly know and love Jesus, as this gospel account gives us eyes to see, Jesus isn't wrong. And sometimes as his followers, we will face difficult situations. Sometimes as his followers, even knowing so much about Jesus, even knowing that we love Jesus the way that these men do, we'll still stumble. We'll still fail. But that's where we can learn from Jesus how to navigate those difficult things because Jesus knew he was right. Jesus knew how incredibly painful things were about to become. So Jesus went and prayed. He didn't pray alone, bringing three of his closest friends with him while the other disciples waited. Now, that didn't do a whole lot of good since they fell asleep. It didn't do a whole lot of good at that moment. But the example that he would set, the memories that would be preserved, the teaching that would come out of it, can do all of us good. Because when Jesus was faced with his darkest, most difficult moment, he prayed. And how did he pray? He prayed in a personal way, calling God Abba. That's like our equivalent of Dad, Daddy. It's an affectionate, personal term. Yet he also prayed, acknowledging God's great power, knowing that all things are possible for him, but submitting himself that God's will be done. And while just such a small amount of Jesus's prayer that hour is preserved for us, it speaks volumes about Jesus praying in a way that's personal and Jesus praying in a way that's raw and real, acknowledging the situation that he's in, but Jesus praying in such a way where even recognizing God's great power entrusts himself for God's will to be done. Trust that even if the days ahead are difficult and painful, God will be with him and he will work it all out for good. Jesus already showed us that he had that confidence when he told his apostles that while they would be scattered, he would rise and then he would gather them together in Galilee again. Yet while they weren't ready to hear it then, Jesus was ready to pray his way into it. He was ready to pray himself into a frame of mind to be ready to accomplish what God wanted done. Because as those apostles, as his closest followers slept while he was in such great agony, Jesus knew what the real cause of it was. So often we want to do the right thing, but we fail. We fall short. But the solution that Jesus presents to him is the very thing that he's doing to watch and pray, to not enter into that temptation. And if we as his followers will learn from that example, if instead of denying that hard things are coming up, we will recognize them, but look for Jesus through them, look for where Jesus is going to lead us to beyond them. If we will watch and pray, being personal and honest with God about the things that we're burdened by, but entrusting ourselves to his power and truly wanting his will to be done, then we can face the darkest, most painful moments of our life, but come through them the other side, glorifying God. 
That is what Jesus makes possible. That is what Jesus made possible by continuing to pray his heart out, even while his closest followers slept. That's what Jesus made possible by going eyes clear and open to meet his betrayer, knowing what the hours ahead were about to hold. That is what love for God, that is what heartfelt praying like Jesus shows us makes possible. So as we are given this blessed glimpse of Jesus in such a difficult, painful moment, as we come to know and to love who he is when we see that relationship that he had with God, when we see that trust that he had for God, when we see that willingness that he had to endure suffering to do God's will and save all of us, let's learn from it. Let's learn to seek Jesus out in our difficult situations. Let's learn to watch and pray so that when we are faced with our dark moments, we are able to do God's will too.